Did you know that over 60,000 new tracks are uploaded to Spotify every single day? That's a new track every 1.4 seconds, and that's just on one platform. With so much music now available, it's more important than ever to stand out from the crowd. So it's not surprising that more artists are starting to use less conventional sonic textures in their music, like field recordings. Perhaps you've always wanted to infuse the sounds of nature or your favourite city into your own tracks, but not having the right gear or knowledge might have held you back. Well, if that's the case, you're going to love the brand new guide I just created, teaching you how to start field recording with just a smartphone. And it's all yours for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel. Yep, you really do just need a humble smartphone and some minimal extra gear that doesn't have to break the bank to get started with field recording. And I've laid it all out in this handy five-point checklist. So download it for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel and elevate your music to the next level. Now, quick question for you knob twiddlers. Do you ever worry about how other people receive you as an artist? I think this is a question that's particularly loaded for women and gender expansive musicians because there's so much tied up with how femininity should be presented and received. And of course, what that even is. It's for this reason that I wanted to share a golden nugget with you from episode 30 when I chatted with the amazing London-based musician and producer, Bishy. Now, Bishy speaks so candidly and articulately about how she's been perceived over the years. And as you'll hear, she has always had a very strong visual element to her music, which has sometimes led to intense scrutiny and even judgment. And it's interesting hearing how growing up surrounded by London's queer culture helped her to approach her visual identity with a sense of boldness and play. Something that I think is really, really healthy to have as an artist and actually just a human in general. quite how to distill it but it is very passive aggressive it's really passive aggressive and you know I think I think we're going to get on to my imagery but yeah passive aggression passive aggression over who I am and what I present has been you know a massive a massive theme in my life and uh yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Okay, well, well, therefore, let's let's get into that then, Bishy. Yeah. <laughs> um, where else are you feeling that passive aggressive response from people? Well, I think definitely in the way that I present, um, which you know, I'm hyper femme. Um, I've had a, a long-standing relationship with the British fashion press. I've worked with an Indian designer called Manisha Aurora, the first Indian to ever um, show their work on the official Paris catwalk schedule. I've been photographed by the likes of Nick Knight and Wolfgang Tillmans. And I've been in, you know, Indian, Italian, British and American and Japanese Vogue. And so Amazing. I, which to me is just, just having lots of fun, having lots and lots yeah. and lots of fun and reveling in it. And Reveling, I almost see it as an extension of performance work, you know. Mm. 
And definitely, yeah, very much being written off when I was younger for being fashion, for being superficial, despite the fact that I played an array of instruments and wrote and produced and programmed, very much just written off. And people take one look at me and they write me off or they talk to me like I'm completely stupid and or I'm written off because of some of the press opportunities I've had that, you know, I'm this champagne quaffing star fucker and it the the comments come even in the last week you know wow somebody made in a professional meeting some comment about my celebrity connections and and it's like but you're talking about these people like they're people that I do lines with in some you know fancy hotel like these are my friends and they're established work colleagues and, and we really respect each other like this isn't I'm not in the Met Bar in the 90s or I'm not at the Grouch Show or like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, and and people just sort of, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they keep having these little kernels, you know, that they can't seem to, that, you know, I've been become very aware of the story which is projected onto me and what my own Mm -hmm. life experience is. But that projection is very, very strong onto me. Mm. That's so, I mean, it's so interesting. And I know that I'm sure that this also happens on social media as well, you know, and and that and the problem is as well is that so much of music has become even more visual because of social media, because obviously that's how we share everything. It's really surprising to me, maybe naively of me, that people would have a reaction to you like that. Because when I've seen your photos and your album artwork and everything and the and the fashion photos you've done as well, I just think they're wonderful. Thank you. I love them. <laughs> yeah, I love them. And I, and I love the fact that you just have a really strong sense of your 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 kind of visual, the visual side of yourself as an artist. And I, I love that. You know, I, and it's something that I definitely think the older I get, the more I want to develop that. Um, because I don't think, you know, now I've got into my 30s, I don't really give much of a fuck really about looking pretty or looking marketable. I want to sometimes look grotesque. I want to sometimes look scary. I want to sometimes look, you know, various things because I just feel more free now to play with my identity visually. Um, I don't know, is that something that you can relate to? Oh, absolutely. But I think from the word go, and I think my background in queer club spaces and coming up through those spaces, that's what gave me the confidence. You know, you, uh, everybody treated themselves and their bodies like they were a work of art. And Mm. that's how I, that's where I found my confidence. And I think that that confidence in terms of the producers and the mixers and the mastering people that I have worked with, Um, I've always had an amazing time with all of the producers that I've worked with because they sensed that confidence. They they loved who I was and what I represented, like it really spoke to them. So as much as it's brought me a lot of very passive-aggressive, very combative behaviour, the flip side of that is it will attract the people that you really need in your life. And, you know, obviously growing up, being a fan of people like, York and Grace Jones and David Bowie and Kraftwerk you know these were people who were world creators they created an entire world it wasn't just an album it was an ethos there was an ideology there was a visual language there was a stage presentation it ran through their videos they were these completely 360 artists yeah and that's always something that I've responded to 
Well, I hope you liked this Golden Nugget episode and that it's given you some fresh perspectives and new ideas to try in your own music and creative life. Remember to swing back over here each Thursday for another dose of bite-sized Girls Twiddling Knobs realness from the archives before we drop season four in November this year. If you like this episode, why not hit subscribe and share it with a musician friend? And to listen to the full original episode, check out the link in the show notes. Okay, Knob Twiddlers, I'll catch you here next time. So, how do you like that episode, dear listener? If you loved it, and you know someone else who would love it too, be a good friend and share it with them. Go on, spread the girls' twiddling knobs love.